Ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender identity, Thanksgiving turkeys preparing for the sweet relief of death. Welcome in to the Dewar Dynasty podcast. Sorry, uh, we were off last week. Real life got in the way. Uh, but we are back now after week nine of the NFL with a lot to talk about. But uh, first off, let's hear you guys make uh, your best sound of a car doing 90 miles per hour down a one-way street in Orlando. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's some next level shit right there. Can I get one from you, Andrew? Let's hear it. <laughs> nice that's coming through real loud i can see where my sounds at right now that's coming in heavy they're um, gonna pump that into the fast and furious fucking 30 soundtrack probably yeah they're on number 10 <laughs> they better be paying us royalties for that shit you know i hope vin diesel's uh, son the rock comes home <laughs> tell me though why that could actually be like a plot line of one of those movies that the vin diesel that the rock is vin diesel's son like John Cena is Vin Diesel's brother <laughs> in those movies, and he they look nothing alike. Like they they lo- literally look nothing alike. They're yeah, all brothers. Know. Yeah, it's just tough because like The Rock looks just as old as Vin. So I don't know. Try and convince me that The Rock is younger by at least you know sixteen, eighteen years. Hey, a little bit of CGI, a little bit of de aging. They do it all the time now. That's no problem. A little bit of deer um, antler. A little bit of yeah. Just get a little bit of deer antler in that diet. Have you looking twenty years younger in a heartbeat? Um, all right. Uh, so, you know, busy, uh, busy couple weeks in the NFL for us to miss. Um, but before we get into any of that, uh, let's talk about our records. Um, I'll go first. I'll start us off because uh, not great week for me. And I've been slipping fast after uh, I didn't start out this bad, but it's been a rough couple weeks. Um, I went two and four this week. Uh, dropped to twenty three and twenty five on the season. Trish. Now I'm the one who's under five hundred. Um, still beating you guys in one of the leagues that we're in together. Um, even though Nick, I think you're still ahead of me in the rankings, but we have the same record, and I have the most points in the league. But it's unimportant. Um, yeah, I'm twenty three and twenty five, and it sucks, and I hate it here. Let's get another week started so I can get out of here. Yeah, I'm not doing too much better. Uh, too much better. That's great grammar. Uh, I'm not doing much better. Uh, I'm 30 and 24 overall after going five and one in week eight and only three and three in week nine. Um, so slightly positive, but uh, not too much to write home about. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing pretty well. 27 and nine overall. Another uh, lossless week last week and a 500 week the week before. But uh, sitting at 27 and nine, feeling pretty good. Uh, I guess I'm just the best, and I am the GOAT. I am the greatest. Bow before me. Again, you know, we're not really talking about fantasy football with Nick because he's only playing in four leagues, so, like, it's <laughs> pretty much whatever. Um, <laughs> it's. I will tell you, it is, it is a little bit demoralizing sometimes to play in six leagues because, like, the – and honestly, that is probably amateur stuff compared to what some people are playing in, but, like – you can have really good weeks in a couple leagues and, and it just, it's really hard to match all of them up at once. Brady, you can probably attest to this a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I try to like, I try to get similar players in some leagues, um, but you obviously can't have the same players in all leagues or else you do really well or really bad. 
Um, so yeah, I, I try to have some crossover. At the end of the day, I just try to cheer for my players who I know I have on my teams to do well. And it's hard, like you can't really cheer for other players to not do well unless you get to like a Monday night game where you need a certain thing to happen. But on Sundays, I'm just cheering for everyone to score touchdowns, everyone to score points. Because if we all score points, then we all don't lose, essentially. So that's kind of how I take it. That's beautiful. Yeah, I just win. I just win fantasy games. I don't know about the rest. Oh, shut <laughs> up. Yeah. Wait, speaking of, I I lost another game on Monday night this week. Had uh had Najee going up against Pat Fryermuth, which would have been just about enough to do it if we didn't also uh, have TJ Watt in the mix. Um, IDP giveth and IDP taketh away, as anyone knows who watched the the Bills-Jaguars game this week. Um, uh, Speaking of, why don't we get into our uh, Week 9 Rapid Rundown? Hey, hey, it's Tay-Tay. Tay-Tay's so nice, they tayed him twice. Naeem helped put the early night-night on the Jets and helped me figure out how a guy we've never heard of drafted the same year as Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco through for 303. The important thing was he had plenty of targets and TDs for rookie sensation Elijah Moore. Falcons at eights. The RB1 Matty Ice 2 Nice Ryan snagged a ton by land and added two by air. Score Daryl didn't find the end zone, but this porous Ains defense still couldn't stop his fantasy production. Zacchaeus stepped into the big dog spot, catching two tuds and zero feelings, and Pucker Lips Peyton is for the streets. While known side piece Taysom Hill had to hide in the closet as Trevor Seaman splooshed all over any chance New Orleans had at victory. A bad day for Cowboys fans is a good day for everyone else. And that's what Sunday was. Teddy Two Gloves and the Broncos embarrassed them boys in Jerry World. Tim Two First Names Patrick and Melvin Gordon were the big scorers for the Broncos as they stomped the Cowboys. Headlines from Carolina, Patriots at Panthers. Christian McAverdry made his return, but not a difference. He did manage to suck the life out of the Patriots running back room as both Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson left with injuries. And the Patriots saluted their commander-in-chief, the Pope of Picks, the turnover titan, the predilection for interception. Sam Darnold only knows give the ball away. Vikings at Ravens. Dalvin Cook was the victim of a 122-yard beating. At least he claims he was the victim. The goal line griefer, Adam Thielen, scored a two-yard touchdown and promptly disappeared. Jefferson was solid. Bateman was two. Marquise Brown was smashing, and Lamar's picks totaled two. The Browns and the Bengals were a showcase of AFC North football. It gets hot in the kitchen, and Joey B's Bengals couldn't handle the heat. Both Mixon and Chubb ran for two tutties. Baker added two more through the air, which is two more than Joe Burrow threw. The Bengals have dropped two straight, so this week is a must win. Ha <laughs> ha! Headlines from Jacksonville, Bills at Jags. A huge game from Josh Allen. No, not that Josh Allen. Spells upset in Duval. The model of efficiency, Josh Allen, that Josh Allen, turned 47 attempts into 264 yards, averaging a whopping 5.6 yards per attempt. 
And this game will only serve as an encouragement for leagues to move to IDP, so they have something to watch even in the slow motion train wreck. Bro, I'm just going to say, if I have to hear the name Josh Allen again after last week in that broadcast, I'm going to repaint my walls bright and colored. Yeah. Josh Allen. (laughs) Josh Allen. Texans at Dolphins. The pooper bowl happened and now we get to bask in its infamy. Jalen Waddle and Brandon Cooks both gave you a serviceable start. Gaskin looked ghastly as a runner, averaging 1.7 yards per carry. And congratulations to absolutely nobody for guessing it was Matt Collins' touchdown week. The Raiders were no match for Danny Dimes and the G. Devontae Booker was one yard shy of the century. Evan Ingram equals Undertaker. Derek Carr is always good for one, but on Sunday, he was good for two interceptions. Headlines from Philadelphia, Chargers at Eagles. Vegas does their job once again as a pick'em game ends on a last-second field goal. Jay Herbo asked the question, who wants smoke? Certainly not the Eagles' defense. Devonta Smith, the new Mike Williams? Mediocre Mike disappoints once again while the damn sensation posts his best game to date and jogging Jordan Howard dominates Eagles' backfield touches. Packers at Chiefs. Jordan Love was harder to watch than two girls one cup. A.J. Dillon was ripping off big chunks while Tyreek Hill was blowing big chunks. Huh? Randall Cobb visited the ghost of Packers Pass with a solid night, and Travis Kelsey continues to be the most reliable tight end in football. Speaking of Undertaker gifts, George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk reappeared this weekend. However, there's really only one player to talk about from the Cardinals 49ers game. With 96 rushing yards, 5 catches, 77 receiving yards, Two rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown. Make no mistake about it. James Conner is back. H2P. Headlines from Los Angeles. Titans at Rams. Derrick Henry who? Matt Stafford's plan of spotting the Titans two touchdowns backfires as the Rams tripped up on their comeback charge. Cooper and Booby both cleaned up in garbage time, which was the entire game. No answers yet in the Titans' backfield. AD leads the team in carries. McNichols leads in targets. And Deonta Foreman leads in yards? Bears at Steelers. This Justin Fields is the truth, but so is the Mooth. Verbal meme, you are Leo DiCaprio pointing at the TV in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood every time Allen Robinson's actually involved in the Bears' offense. Darnell Mooney went loony with 20 points. Big Ben the quarterback looks older than Big Ben the clock tower. Wow. You know, I always have a lot to to think back on when we go through our rapid rundown. You know, we're usually a couple days from the end of the week. We've had some time to process things, but also time to forget some things. And I, like I will say, uh, there were some interesting things that happened this week. James Conner being the big one, first one to come to mind. Hell of a game for James Conner. Hey, 40 fantasy points. Looking like rookie slash second year James Conner. I mean, dude is That's... unstoppable in his in his own backfield. Okay, and, and clearly, oh, no, I, I'm using that word, Nick. I, I, I'm not stuttering, <laughs> even though I am. Uh, he 
proved this weekend that maybe he wasn't the issue with the Steelers' run game last year. Maybe it was play calling. Maybe it was a line. Either way, it was not his fault. He wasn't healthy also, but um, I would just like to interject and say this isn't any version of James Conner we've ever seen before because he's he's never in his life had a game like this. But um, that's, good for him. That's HGP. what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, like that's what I was going to say. He's never – well, he's never been this involved in the passing game. Um, I'm sure he's had some two touchdown games before, but like this was this was some next level leveling up for James Conner. And I mean, hey, Chase Edmonds going to be out for a couple weeks with a high ankle sprain. A lot of opportunity for James Conner in this backfield. Oh yeah, yeah. And I just want to remind you two uh, that you were talking a lot of shit on James Conner a couple weeks ago, and I was the one standing here defending him. You guys were out here saying, "Oh, he's nice guy," giving him all these fake backhanded compliments. Guess what? He's, nice He's a football player too. He's a football Whoa. player. I never said he was a nice guy. I don't remember ever <laughs> saying that. <laughs> well, he is a nice guy. I've personally met him and worked with him. Super chill dude. Oh, I, I met him. I met him at a pit party freshman year. <laughs> H2. <laughs> Very briefly. H2. <laughs> H2. Um, <laughs> I, am I, uh, is it illegal to tell, tell those kind of stories on... I was I was uh, I met him in a pit party where most of the fo- there were a bunch of football players there. They were mostly taking care of a recruit who had passed out in another room. <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> a good time, man. Freshman year of college is something else. Yeah, um, we've all been there. Okay, wait. Quick question: What would you guys pay for James Conner in a dynasty league? Here, wait. I'll offer something up. Gus Edwards in a third round pick. That's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> That is, right. that is a trade that Nick offered me earlier tonight after I put James Conner on the trade block in one of our leagues. <laughs> Feels like value, but I mean, hey. I, I don't see where the value is, but um, it'd be tough to say for me. Um, like there is Chase Edmonds still looming in that backfield, and I kind of want to see like what Chase Edmonds contract situation is. I'm currently looking at it online and he is an undrafted free agent or not undrafted free agent. He is an unrestricted free agent after this year. So that well, means is James Conner on a one year deal too. It's not important. I feel like James Conner's value is going to come from the value he can produce in the next couple weeks. All so right, like fair James Conner in the next couple weeks alone in the backfield has a chance to, to be, uh, let's call him a solid RB two with RB one upside, like high RB one upside, as we saw this past week. Past week in this offense, I would say at least a second rounder uh, next year, and then I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even scoff at the at the Gus in the third. Except Gus isn't going to be the lead back, so like I don't know. All right, Brady. Well, you know my door is open, so so let your offers come rolling in. Um, I didn't say I was offering that. <laughs> I did. Just it, saying. Though. He's on. He's on the. Uh, he's on the trade block in our league. So, um, the Titans' backfield, that whole Messy. thing was whack. Yeah the the Titans' offense, despite winning that game twenty eight to sixteen, the Titans' offense kind of sucked. Like Ryan Tannehill didn't throw for over two hundred yards. Deonta Foreman was their leading rusher with twenty nine yards. It's a miracle that they won this game, but no, they basically it's, it's had. It's not a miracle. It's their defense. Their defense put them in a lot of good field yeah. position situations, and you know they didn't. It's not like the Titans had to drive the field a few times. Like, you know, they got some help from their defense on some interceptions. And I think, you know, they Matt, um, Matt Stafford even threw that touchdown, um, which, you know, helped swing momentum and also the points. So I think the Titans yeah. defense had a lot to do with it. 
No, yeah, that's what it was. Um, I personally feel like, like you know, you see some of these situations. Like we we saw some like the like when David Montgomery went down earlier this season. Um, you know, there have been other situations where you're a little bit unsure about who's going to lead the backfield. Um, I don't I don't feel like we personally learned anything from this game. Um, I feel like it was one of those just really weird games that you kind of just strike from the record and we'll figure it out next week. Yeah, um, I mean, it, yeah, I don't think we learned anything either. Deontay Foreman definitely looked the best with the ball in his hands. Um, Jeremy McNichols is a liability running up the middle. Um, and Adrian Peterson was running like he didn't know how to bend his back. So, I mean, he only had two days back on, a, you know, a legitimate football field with a legitimate NFL team around him. So, yeah, yeah we got to wait and see. But hopefully you scooped one of them, and hopefully whichever one you scooped uh, is going to be the lead back there for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um. So AD, AP, Adrian Peterson did score the touchdown, but if you were watching that, Mick Nichols had two carries before that, and then they, they brought Adrian Peterson and he cleaned up. Um, yeah, because it's God. all day. Andrew. Yeah, it's all day. It's not the first two carries, but it's the the rest of the day after that. <laughs> um, Cardinals offense was unbelievable without Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins. Cannot explain that one. I can. Um, Colt McCoy. <laughs> Colt McCoy. I legitimately, when I was watching that game, there were times when I forgot it was Colt McCoy out there, and I was like, Drew Stanton's playing pretty good today. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> Do we want to talk Bills Jags at all? I mean, I'd rather not. It is hideous. I feel like the um, rest of the sports media has talked about the damn, you know, who situation with with the one name. I don't even want yeah. to say it. It conjures that much anger. I'll just say all I need from that that reaction is uh, Scott Hansen, and that's all I need because Scott Hansen is very excited about that, and I appreciated that. Yeah, um, love that man. Um, we so a little bit of Patriots at Panthers. That game was a blowout. It was ugly, but PJ Walker starting for the next couple of weeks. It looks like Sam Darnold going to be out for a couple of weeks. Not a downgrade ex- to anybody. <laughs> not a downgrade. No, nope. not a downgrade. Not an upgrade. You're not excited about your Panthers weapons because that offense looks terrible. I think that's pretty fair. I mean, McCaffrey's back. Probably an upgrade for him. Uh, I mean, upgrade for him in the sense that he wasn't playing before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll call that an upgrade. Um, and, uh, so to go back to the beginning of the week, Jets, uh, Mike White's going to be starting this week. I mean, Mike White, White Legend. lightning, Mike White looked electric, uh, to start off that Colts game. It's a shame that they had to, uh, murder his right arm and cause him to sit out the rest of the game. Um, but you know, that's what the head hunters at the Colts do. Um, so we'll see what he does in his first, maybe hopefully full NFL start this week. He had a full NFL start against the Bengals the week before. That's true. It would be his second <laughs> full NFL his second start. Full NFL start. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to that because that offense is just through two games, uh, without Zach Wilson, just more exciting to watch with anyone but Zach Wilson right now. Um, it's crazy what happens when they actually uh, hold on to the ball for like more than half their possessions. It is. It is crazy. Um, Do we think the O line is blocking better for Mike White, or is he just making better decisions? Like I know we're not the uh, he's we're not checking the down opinion. 
Yeah, I'd say he's, he's just checking down a lot options. more. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, like, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, look at it; it's kept the offense moving. And like, if you don't have the offensive line personnel to to stand in the pocket for forever and make a great throw, like, sometimes you just can't do that. Damn, that's um, a great point, Andrew. There's a lot of pressure, you know, on a number two overall pick who came in having a big arm, but like. I wasn't being sarcastic. I was being serious. Like, oh, okay. It's a great it point. It sounded very sarcastic. No, no. I was actually <laughs> yeah. like, no, you're right. I feel like it's something that teams need to realize. Like, hey, offensive line is struggling to hold the pocket for our quarterback. Let's let's get the ball out quick. Like, I don't know. Seems like one plus one should equal two. Yeah, I agree with that. And Michael Carter stock's going up. And I lo- I, we all love that. Stonks. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So some new... Nuke. Some news for this week. Uh, Dalvin Cook is involved in a situation. Um, It's a bad situation. It's an ugly situation. Um, A situation of uh, domestic abuse, domestic violence, where he and the other person involved are both accusing each other of the same thing. Really hard to weigh in on this without, you know, some more information going forward. Um, but like, and probably nothing that's going to be like something that anything is decided about immediately. The legal system moves very slowly. Um, but just something to be aware of. Yeah. This is a very serious situation that only came out on the day that we are recording, which is Wednesday, November 10th. Um, both parties are accusing each other. Obviously we don't know all the facts involved right now. Uh, whoever is in the wrong here, we hope justice is served and we hope that the other is, um, you know, protected yes. and whatnot, and everyone comes out on the other side, um, you know, healthy and well. Um, so T's and P's to everybody involved in that situation, and, and hopefully the justice system gets us right. T's and P's, T's and P's. P's are very good for you. I do hope everyone gets some P's. Um, okay, uh, Calvin Ridley, uh, just another really unfortunate situation. Calvin Ridley um, having some personal issues off the field. And, and again, like we wish him all the best uh, want him to get, you know, get right as, as a person, as a human being before he comes back to football, but he's taking some time away. He announced that uh, before last week, I think before this past week, um, but he's officially been placed on the non-football injury list. So he's going to be out for at least three weeks or we, two more weeks. Yeah. We love you, Calvin. Uh, get right, come back, uh, you know, not 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 too many high hopes right now anyway, so focus on yourself. Come back when the team's a little better. Come back when you're feeling better. Uh, hopefully you do. Uh, T's and P's, T's and P's. Yeah, Marshawn said it best. Take care of y'all mentals. Take care of y'all chicken. And hopefully Calvin takes care of the mentals. Then he can take care of the chicken and, and come back and, and be his normal self. Take care of the chicken. Take care of the falcon. Yeah. Um, all right. We weren't here for this last week. We missed last week. Um, but just real quick, no need to really dwell on this situation because it's really, really terrible. Uh, and many people have talked it to death, but, um, Henry Ruggs obviously involved in a terrible accident where he was driving under the influence resulted in the death of a woman, um, and her dog, dog. uh, yeah. Um, just a really, really terrible situation. Um, I, I don't even I don't even want to talk about the football impact of this. Uh, Henry Ruggs is probably never going to play in the NFL again, and um, and it's a terrible thing. And like, please, if you are ever ever in any way, shape, or form intoxicated at all, please don't drive. You have a lot of other solutions to get uh, 
someone to drive you somewhere. Um, and it will, you'll be better for it and everyone will be better for it. Um, okay. On to some slightly lighter things. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., um, big source of news this week. He was officially, officially released and cleared waivers uh, this week. Free so, Odell. OBJ, for the first time in his career, is a free agent, and he's on to somewhere new. Um, there have been a lot of, lot, lots of rumors, lots of speculation, but the news as of today, as I have last seen it, is that he has narrowed his list down to three teams, the Chiefs, the what? Packers, and the what? Saints. What? <laughs> what? That's what I'm asking you. What do you think? Um. Yeah, so you said Chiefs, Packers, and the Aints. Uh, specifically saying the Aints because I don't think he's going there. And the Patriots have been talked about. I know that wasn't on the list you saw. Personally, would love to see him go to the Packers, not just for fantasy reasons, but also for Odell reasons. Like, Packers are 7-2 and two right now. You got Aaron Rodgers throwing you the ball. You know, Hall of oh, Fame when? quarterback for sure. <laughs> when? Oh, this week. This week he'll be back. Yeah, he'll be back? Okay. Yeah, he'll be we back. We didn't talk before. about <laughs> We missed the Aaron Rodgers situation yeah, too. I don't yeah, know that's wanna... just it's an interesting situation to say the least. <laughs> um, but no, I think OBJ has has a has a real opportunity to thrive, and you know they were in the NFC Championship two years in a row. Maybe another weapon on that offense, you know, puts them over the hump, and they can get into the Super Bowl and give themselves a chance. Um, you got Devontae on the other side, so you're not going to see you know the toughest coverage uh, each week. Um, I just think for Green Bay purposes, for Odell purposes, and for fantasy purposes, the Packers make the most sense. God, I'd love to see the Packers happen. Um, quick personal statement on the Aaron Rodgers thing: I can't afford Scientology because so I don't I don't know anything he was talking about. But <laughs> God, it would be it would be so so nice to see Odell finally in an offense that's built to throw the ball and throw the ball a lot and throw the ball efficiently um him and him and Aaron Rodgers together would just be magic I think um I mean Rodgers already has Devontae Adams obviously um he's got Aaron Jones Robert Tunyon to a point but I mean if you could throw Adele in the mix I think that team becomes a real title favorite and I think that'd be I think that'd be good for the league um you know People have their opinions on Odell, but I would just love to see him come back and be able to produce and do it at a high level that we used to see because the NFL is better when Odell's making plays. Yeah, I agree. And I think it would also just be good in the sense that I want more competition in the NFC. The NFC is super top heavy and obviously adding Odell to the Packers isn't going to change that. The Packers are one of those teams included in the top heavy. But if if the NFC is going to be top heavy, let's at least make the top as heavy as possible. Like let's make sure that when we get to like playoffs, we're watching the most entertaining entertaining games we can. Um cuz I don't know that there's necessarily a favorite right now in the NFC. I mean, everyone will have their opinions, but I think uh it's one of those situations where any team on any given day, you know. Um also, a uh, quick interjection here, but speaking of the Aaron Rodgers situation, um, I discussed this a little bit earlier this week when I made a guest appearance on the Red Shirt Waterboys podcast, Good Friends of the Show. Um, very entertaining episode. We talked fantasy. We talked uh, just general football news. Uh, we talked just other sports and pop culture stuff. 
but they're uh, they're very good, very entertaining guys, very great podcast and girl. Um, so go listen to the Red Shirt Water Boys podcast. Catch me on an episode and catch the rest of their episodes because it's good listening. Um, all right. Uh, so this episode, our main focus uh, is wide receivers. Um, so we talked to some wide receivers uh, earlier in the year before the season started. Uh, much like our last episode, we're going to be kind of looking back at some of those things that we said earlier in the year. Um, so to start the episode, um, or to start off this discussion, uh, before the season, we ranked our top five dynasty wide receivers who were 25 and under. Uh, obviously you have these great wide receiver options like Tyreek Hill, Devonte Adams, these proven commodities, uh, but we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the really young guys who could be the cornerstones of your team for years going forward. All right, so our consensus rankings to start the season on dynasty receivers under 25 years of age. Uh, number one, A.J. Brown. Number two, C.D. Lamb. Number three, D.K. Metcalf. Number four, Justin Jefferson. And number five, Terry McLaurin. Now, before we get into this next part, uh, we should acknowledge that Terry McLaurin has officially aged out of this category, turned 26 during the season. Rest in peace, Terry McLaurin. Old man. Um, the end is near. <laughs> the end is near. He's an old man now, 26 years old, and, you know, you can see the end in sight. Um, but, uh, so we're going we're gonna to essentially we're gonna remake that list. Uh, and we have. We have remade that list, and we have it here for you. We're not just doing it on the spot, I promise. Um, so... Let's talk our consensus top five list of wide receivers under 25 or 25 and under in Dynasty. Let's start out as any good list begins from the bottom with our honorable mentions. We have three in particular Michael Pittman Jr., DJ Moore, and Chris Godwin. Who wants to jump in first and talk about someone? Because I've been talking for a long time. Hey, shout out Michael Pittman Jr. After having. Yeah, a few catches for a few yards last year, uh, in a situation where like he was really trying to come into his own in an offense, and then he told Carson Wentz, pretty much, "Hey, number eleven, my number, because I'm gonna be an elite wide receiver," and that's what he's turned out to be. He has really shown um, that he can be a number one in that offense. He certainly made some big plays and some big time catches. He's been featured on the "You Got Mossed" segment a few times this year. Um, he is certainly proving himself this year, and he and Carson Wentz have gotten good chemistry. I'm really, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm really happy with what Michael Pittman Jr. has done this year, and I think he is going to be uh, someone you're going to want on your roster moving forward. Yeah, Michael Pittman Jr. is an alpha dog. Um, just physically, athletically, he is a beast. Um, and we're finally starting to see that translate into some Really, really nice performances for him, uh, fantasy-wise. So, I mean, Michael Pittman Jr. to the moon. Let's hope this offense keep rolling. Let's hope he can keep rolling. Let's hope Carson Wentz can stay healthy most of all. And, uh, yeah, excited to see how he develops. But um, I'll, I'll just touch on DJ Moore. We kind of had a a DJ Moore stubation episode a couple of weeks ago. Where, a little bit um, of premature Moore stubation. Yeah, yeah. It was... Um, it's a shame looking back on it because I still feel all the ways that I did then about DJ Moore. Um, it has nothing to do with him that he's not in the top five for me. Um, it's it's Sam Darnold. Uh, it's Sam Darnold, yeah. It's Sam Darnold. Big Sam Darnold. 
He's, he's awful. He's so he, bad. It's weird. And because I talked up Sam Darnold on that episode too. I did too. I think the the difference here is he was really playing within himself against some not great teams um, earlier in the season. Uh, wasn't trying to do too much with the ball. Wasn't forcing the ball. Wasn't just throwing up jump balls as you know his head coach Matt Rule likes to say. Um, and yeah, something changed. Christian McCaffrey went out, and Sam Darnold just we we saw the ugly side. So I don't know. There there might still be a chance, but not feeling as great about DJ Moore. But still love the player. I will add here: Panthers are someone who's going to make a play for a quarterback this offseason. Uh, I think DJ Moore in the future still going to be able to be top ten wide receiver one type wide receiver. Nothing to panic here or get rid of. Just unfortunate outlook, you know, maybe for the rest of this year. And you just hope that he gets his catches every week and turns those catches into some yards after catch. Yeah, I 100% agree with that, Brady. I think if you could buy low on DJ Moore with the the crappy outlook for the rest of the season, that's a great buy. Um, You know, I still do think Matt Rule's a pretty decent NFL head coach. I think the organization itself is pretty good. Uh, their defense has gone from nothing to being really, really good. And so I think that, that they have brighter days ahead in the future. And literally all DJ Moore needs is the quarterback. Like, we've seen the talent. It's there. We know it's there. All he needs is a quarterback. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he, he does have crazy upside. Like, he's so good, and we've never seen him play with a really good quarterback. Um and then the other, our other honorable mention, Chris Godwin, uh, not as much to say here. Chris Godwin has been like a top three receiver in fantasy. We know what his upside is. I think the only thing with him on this list is that it's crazy that he's still 25. Um, but as long as he's playing with Tom Brady, he will be great. Um, all right, let's slide into the list then. Uh, at number five, falling a little bit from number one is AJ Brown. Um, AJ Brown wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans and that offense uh has literally just been Derrick Henry this whole season. AJ Brown has had some bright spots but also plenty of bad games. Yeah, he's also dealt with some injuries. I know he had a hamstring earlier in the year and also that knee injury from last year still lingering around a little bit. Um gives me some concerns for longevity. Um he had like some bone bruise issues. Um, some micro fractures in there last year. Those are tough to come back from. Um, so I actually bumped him down uh, in my rankings for health reasons, um, not just performance reasons. Yeah, I uh, I think I was the the highest on AJ Brown still. Um, I I still like it. I still want AJ Brown whenever I can get him. And like with all these guys, I don't think it's a matter of I don't want this guy. It's you know I'd prefer this one really talented young wide receiver over this other really talented young wide receiver um but to me aj brown has all the physical gifts i mean the health is definitely a question he threw up some big flop games earlier in the year when he's still battling those injuries this offense was trying to find their identity but um he's bounced back in a big way he's somehow averaging 14 fantasy points a game still um he's been a monster the past three weeks uh, I love AJ Brown. I think there's a lot to like, and I think the upside is still exponential. Yeah, nothing against the talent of AJ Brown. It's it's all there. Like we've seen it on the field. He can he can do it all on the field. Um, 
I know it's only been one week without Derrick Henry. I worry a little bit about this offense with Derrick Henry. And uh, so just in our last episode, um, we talked about our running back things in the beginning of the year. And we talked about our buy, sell, hold from the preseason. And I got ripped on fairly for being a guy who wanted to sell Derrick Henry. And then he got hurt. Like literally a couple days after we recorded that. And he's going to be out for uh, probably at least the rest of the fantasy season. Um, like I think he'll, he has a chance to return for the NFL playoffs, but like in terms of fantasy, he's done for the season. And this is like kind of the first crack we've seen in the armor of, of Derrick Henry. Uh, and let's be honest, like he's the offense. And so without Derrick Henry in that offense, do you guys see AJ Brown's ceiling much lower than it is now? No. No, I think it's about the same. I think it you don't goes think up. So, but like I AJ Brown isn't really a guy who relies on like a ton of targets or anything. Like he's a guy who makes big plays and he's a guy who scores, you know, scores a fair amount uh or at least has in the past before this season. You guys don't think that goes down a little bit without Derrick Henry? I think he scores in different ways. I think he gets his fantasy points different ways. Um I mean, you said he isn't reliant on all those targets. Well, guess what? It's you know the most important player in your offense goes down. It probably trickles down a little bit into the second best player in your offense, which is AJ Brown. Um, and I think he gets more involved just target wise. Which I mean, he's just gonna get more points different ways if he's not scoring those touchdowns. Um, I I don't feel any different now. And I'd love to see that, but also like. Tannehill hasn't looked like what we thought he would this year. Yeah, but I think it's also important to keep in mind AJ Brown isn't the depth of target deep threat guy. Um, he doesn't necessarily have to be hit with pinpoint accuracy downfield. He just kind of needs to get the ball in his hands, let him create. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, I guess I just worry about this offense a little bit as a whole going into the future. Um, kind of the same concerns I had before the season with Derrick Henry, which were unfounded through eight weeks and then injury. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what this offense does in the next couple weeks, missing Derrick Henry. Um, but all right, number four on our list. Uh, definitely some difference of opinion here. Uh, number four is CD lamb. Um, a guy that I have ranked three on my list. Nick has ranked second. And uh, Brady, you have him ranked what forty second, forty third. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I have him ranked uh, eight, eighth, eighth on my list. Yeah. So Brady, uh, why do you hate CD Lamb? <laughs> I don't think uh, I think hate is a strong word. Uh, just like trust is a strong word. Um, CD Lamb for me, <clears throat> very talented player has made very spectacular catches at times over the last two years or a year and a half at this point. Um, there's just a lot of mouths to feed on all the, on that like Cowboys offense between Zeke, Tony Pollard, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, and then you get into the weeds with even like Michael Gallup sees some <laughs> targets, Noah Brown, Cedric Wilson gets involved a lot. And then like to add in CD too, like, 
I just don't know if there's enough offensive plays to get like to get consistent production each week. Like CD's kind of been up and down this year. I feel like he's been feel like he's been a little boomer bust. And like to me, I feel like there are a little bit more consistent options uh, in this group who are going to see consistent target share each week. Not CD on top of Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. That's a, so. <laughs> Sorry, I that's think funny. I think the amount of mouths that there are to feed is manageable. Um, it's weird because usually I wouldn't say that, but I think part of the reason you see so many people involved, people like Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown, who honestly have not a whole lot of business uh, being as involved in offense as they are. Uh, just, I think from a talent standpoint. Um, yeah, but those is, guys, make it's big plays when they get the ball. That's what I'm they saying. They do, and I think I think a lot of that is Dak Prescott. I think he's really good at spreading the ball around and just finding the open wide receivers, which um, I'll be the first one to tell you, more often than not, it's going to be CeeDee Lamb. Um, I mean, the dude's 22 years old. He's still so young, still figuring out the position, still figuring out how to be a pro, and I mean, the only elite trait we haven't seen from him yet is elite consistency, um, but everything else is there man so i mean you know maybe michael gallup i would say probably michael gallup leaves this year or not the free agency um maybe opens things up for him a little more maybe the tight end situation gets figured out a little more easily maybe it's not the blake jarwin slash dalton schultz show um even though blake jarwin's on ir now um i don't know i think i think the role cd has will be ever expanding um and i don't think we've even kind of really scratch the surface of what is to be yeah so i think dalton schultz personally has been the thorn in the side of cd lamb's fantasy production for this season uh he's like you know even last year when without blake jarwin he did not i don't think have as big as a role as as he does now like he's he's a legitimate like threat to just like but you know everyone gets distracted by Mari cooper and cd lamb and there's dalton schultz wide open in the middle of the field um, and he has looked good. Like, no disrespect to Dalton Schultz. He's looked good. Um, okay, so here's an interesting question. So we're obviously focusing on young receivers, but we're talking about them as a cornerstone piece. And the nice thing about Dynasty Fantasy Football, you don't have to pay anyone. There's no contracts. There is a form of fantasy football that works like that where you have contracts, but that's not what this show is about. So look like four years into the future. CeeDee Lamb's 22 years old. Four years into the future, he's 26 about when wide receivers are supposed to be hitting their prime. Where do you guys think he ranks among wide receivers then? Like overall wide receivers. Cause again, with this list, we're excluding some older guys. We're excluding Tyree kill. We're excluding Devontae Adams. Some of the older guys like that. I'd be shocked if he wasn't top three. I would be shocked. Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper at this point is well into his thirties. I would say he's somewhere between, 10 and 5. So top 10 but not top 5. Boy, you crazy. <laughs> Do you think so in this situation where he's above 10 but probably below 5? Do you think Quez Watkins yeah. is top 5? No. <laughs> Do you think Trent Sherfield is top 5? Then I don't no, know what this Khalif top. Raymond is definitely oh, Khalif top Raymond five. is top five. Okay, you're right. Khalif <laughs> Raymond is top five. That's he's Cooper Cup according to Jared Goff, and Cooper Cup's wide receiver one this All year. Right, so, so 
Ipso facto, Khalif Raymond going to be number one in four. So five Brady years. wants to take us right up to the number one dynasty wide receiver under twenty five on the list, and that's Khalif Raymond. Yeah, I just think he's somewhere in that five to seven range. Like I think there are some other guys on this list that will be above him in that top five range, and I, I just, I just don't know if he is going to be that top three that Nick says that he will be. And I think you're a garbage human being. Well, that's valid. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Brady. I love you. I'm just messing around. But I do think, okay, so I think, obviously I talked a big game on CD this offseason when we did our wide receiver episode, and I talked about him as I, I brought up comparisons to DeAndre Hopkins. I did that. I think he still has that upside. I think he still has the talent to have that wide receiver one upside. Uh, it might not be this year. It might not be next year. It might not be any time when Amari Cooper is a tenured wide receiver of the Cowboys and under the age of like 31 years old. But again, he is still only 22. So even if you look four years into the future, that could be when he's entering his prime. Not that you necessarily wanted to wait that long, but Nick, do you see that kind of upside in his future still? Yes. All right, we're done here. That's going to do it for this week's episode. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, like, CeeDee Lamb, you're saying you you don't know when we could see it. I honestly think we we can see it next year. Like, I think CeeDee Lamb's skill set, he has the route running. He can high point the ball. He can do a whole lot of crazy things after the catch. Um, he's got some just jukes that are absolutely disgusting. Um yeah, I don't know. I think Dak Prescott, another year fully healthy with him, a full offseason where Dak doesn't have to pretend him to throw him the ball. Um, I think like the potential is completely untapped still. And like I said earlier, like we've seen every elite skill trait from CD except for just the consistency game in, game out. And if he can put that together with Dak, I think... I don't see how he's not a top five wide receiver. It is, you know, people don't acknowledge this as much, I think, because Zeke has been so healthy over the years, but that, that Cowboys training room is suspect. Like Amari Cooper injured all the time. I don't really remember him being that way on the Raiders, but you know, Dak obviously has gone through his stuff. Michael Gallup has been out since week one, week one. Hey, watch your mouth. Don't be talking any sort of shit. On the sports medicine professionals, they give up their lives and their time to make sure that these players are healthy. To earn a living. No. Well, a living's part of it. <laughs> no, uh, I'm not trying to do that. But, like, some teams, it's just the injuries seem to pile up. You know what? No, it's not the athletic trainer's fault. And I apologize for anywhere that I insinuated that it was. Which, especially that one time when I blatantly insinuated that it was. Uh, I just, I, I agree with you, Nick. I think that, uh, that some time with everyone on the, the Cowboys offense healthy, I think they're the skill set is there that I don't see any reason why CD lamb cannot be a, the wide receiver one for his team and be one of the top wide receivers in fantasy football. Um, but agree to disagree, you know, we're, we all get our own opinions. That's what a podcast is. Whoo. Uh, okay, number three on our list. And again, this is a consensus list. Uh, we all had some slightly different placements, but this is what it boiled down to. Number three is DK Metcalf. 
He's a really big dude. If you're ever watching the Seahawks game and you're like, holy shit, that dude's huge. That's DK Metcalf. Um, DK Metcalf, to his credit, has had some great games without Russell Wilson. Like he's he's played well without Russell Wilson. Um, look, I I feel like DK Metcalf is a guy that that even I constantly mentally want to move down my list. But he's so physically dominant, which is like like you look at a guy like Michael Pittman Jr. Michael Pittman Jr. not the fastest guy, not on the best offense in the world, but he's got those physical traits that make him a true X receiver, like a true number one option in the offense, and that's that's like what DK Metcalf is to his bones. Like that is his his profile, that is the way he has played. He's obviously been a little bit boomer bust. But, you know, he's good. He's really good at football. He's really fast and he's really big and he does well. Yeah, I mean, I had DK at number one coming into this year, so we're all familiar with my uh, admiration for what DK Metcalf does on a football field. Uh, I had him at three in my rankings as well, right behind the next two guys that we are going to discuss. I think it's appropriate. He's played well with Geno Smith. Uh, He's going to play even better when Russell Wilson comes back this week, although I don't know for how long because it seems like Russ came back a little too quick from that finger injury. That typically takes a lot longer to heal. So we'll see how long Russ uh, can stay healthy uh, now that he's you know, supposedly coming back. Um, but DK Metcalf for the next few years going to be a top three wide receiver for sure. Yeah, just to touch on that Russell Wilson thing for a second. Um, I'm pretty sure he has the same doctor as Ben Roethlisberger. Cause you, did you guys see the press release? Oh, my God. It was yeah. like... Donald Trump, Russell Wilson, and Ben Roethlisberger all have the same doctor because that was the most glowing report from a healthcare professional I think I've ever seen. Um, It's hilarious. If you haven't seen it, go look it up. Um, Bro, that's Mr. Unlimited. Unlimited. I mean, he does have eight different specialists working for him in Russell Wilson's defense, but that does not change the laws of anatomy and physiology and how fast your bones and tendons can heal but i digress he got he got futures guy to come over to his house that's how much power he has he got futures (laughs) doctor (laughs) um anyway back to dk metcalf um yeah i mean i like him he he's like brady said prototypical x like andrew said just physically dominant um he he's the type of guy that you want for your franchise. If, if you're going to just start a fr- franchise from scratch, say who's our wide receiver DK Metcalf is the prototype. I mean, honestly, he can do everything. Um, I think his route tree is still pretty limited. Um, I yeah. think he takes plays off, but those are yeah. things that can f- be fixed. He's young. I mean, like he's very young. Just like the rest of these guys, he's learning how to be a professional, learning how to, you know, be an NFL wide receiver. And the things we've seen from him are incredible so far. He's got a great quarterback right now. Russ is getting a little bit older, but it's definitely still has some good years left. Um, there's nothing not to like about DK. He's just not my favorite out of the guys on these lists. Just because this has slipped my mind, uh, is he still wearing the binky this year? Uh, I don't know. It's a good question. I, Haven't paid attention to DK's mouthpiece. I don't know if he is. I don't think he is. Well, because he's not a baby anymore. He a man. 
I don't care. I just want the binky. That was, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's all the way down my list. Forget about it. If he's not wearing the binky, I don't want DK Metcalf. Yeah. Um, drop him to 40. Nah, he's, he's just very, he's, he's a yeah, good wide receiver. Drop him down there to about 47 right there with CD lamb. <laughs> Stop it. Um, DK Metcalf is just a very good wide receiver with next level physical traits. Like literally any given game, he could break off, uh, like you saw against the Saints, even with Geno Smith, one play, like one of the first plays of the game, and he breaks off like an 80-yard touchdown. And that's DK Metcalf, and that's the kind of guy you want to have on your team. Um, but let's move into our top two. And as much as we all had some different opinions on this list, we all had the same top two, uh, albeit slightly different order. Brady was uh, the opposite of Nick and myself, but the same top two. Um, so number two, Jeffrey Justinson, Justin Jefferson, uh, wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. He's just so good. <laughs> like he's just so he's open all the time. He catches everything that's thrown his way. He's just so good. Like he's on Andrew, you know how good he is? How good is he? He's, he's top two and he ain't two. <laughs> we'll see about that. But... <laughs> But damn, he's good. Like, damn, Justin Jefferson is good at playing football. Yeah, I mean, that man routes, like, with the ball in his hands, too, after the catch. He gets the targets. He's in a really well-balanced offense. They use they utilize the play action, which helps him get open, which, to be honest, I don't know if he needs help to get open because he does pretty well just on his own. Um, the man has done some things. Also, would like to point out that these top two guys are LSU prodigies. Shout out Nate Mest, where they go to college. I hear you listening to this right now. Uh, yeah, Justin Jefferson is the real deal. Uh, Jamar Chase, not too far behind him. Obviously, Jamar Chase in his first year is still seeing what he's capable of. Um, but the two have had very kind of similar, very similar intros into the the, the men's league, uh, and it's very, very, very fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, Jeffer is just. He's a beast. It, he is so smooth. Um, like you said, routes to after the catch to just anything you ask him to do, he can do it. Um, he's a beast. The only thing that honestly kept him from being number one on my list is just the quarterback situation. Burke Buzzins, uh, I don't like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, that was but, electric. Yeah, it, like Jeff, Jeffrey Justinson, beast, beast, alpha dog, target hog. Um, nothing not to like. Nick said, "Hey Kirk, you're not that guy, pal." <laughs> Bro, check check the outro for this episode because it's just gonna be Brady <laughs> crunching ice. <laughs> <laughs> I turned my mic off for that, so. Did you really you won't be able to catch that? Yeah, I, I'm. Fuck I'm that no. guy. Oh my god. <laughs> um, that yeah, was, was quite nice. It's all good. Shit. Um, <laughs> next piece of next piece of merch we need to develop for the pod is if we could get get right to the Vikings logo, just Vikings eighteen shirts that say Justinson on the back because <laughs> that would be gold. Um, yeah. Look, I. So looking back at the original rankings that I had preseason, um, I had CD one, uh, I had AJ Brown two, 
and I had Jeff, Jeff or Justin sit at three. Um, obviously AJ Brown season has cooled me on him a little bit, but one of my concerns with Justin Jefferson, I loved the talent, but one of my concerns was the possible QB situation moving into the future. You know, Minnesota, it's there's talk. There's obviously the the management doesn't love Kirk Cousins very much thinking about moving on. And whenever you're bringing in a new QB, things could get dicey. But there is literally no QB in this league that wouldn't want to throw to Justin Jefferson. And there's honestly not a QB besides maybe Sam Darnold that you can put on that team where I'd be worried about Justin Jefferson's production. Um, God damn. <laughs> like Justin Jefferson, just he he's always open. Like he's he's always open, and he's he's such a good wide receiver. Um, I'll raise you one, Andrew. Maybe like uh, Drew Locke or Jared Goff. I. I I might take Jared Goff over Sam Darnold. Yeah, after Jared I said Goff's it, I was like, you know what? Bowl. I might even take. I was gonna say I might even take Jared Goff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I minus the contract. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, but all right. Number one, Brady hinted at this a second ago, but um, look, they're good rookie seasons. We saw Justin Jefferson have one last year. It was one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen from a wide receiver. It was record-breaking rookie season. It was a record-breaking rookie season. And then all of a sudden, here comes Jamar Chase and from the top ropes. Holy cow, has Jamar Chase been amazing. Like G Willikers. G Willik good gosh golly. Jamar Chase has been unreal. Yeah, he's catching a lot of touchdowns, and touchdowns are not the most predictive stat in the world because they come and they go, but gosh darn, has Jamar Chase looked like one of the best wide receivers in football this season in his rookie year, tied to his college quarterback for the next decade. Jamar Chase, number one wide receiver in Dynasty Fantasy Football right now. Not just under 25, number one. You know the only thing that frustrates me about Jamar Chase? I don't have any Jamar Chase shares in any dynasty <laughs> league. And that is so annoying every Sunday when the only person that Joe Burrow looks at inside the red zone is Jamar Chase. I'm like, hey, T. Higgins, also on the team. Tyler Boyd, also on the team. Maybe we hand it off to Joe Mixon. Nope, we're going to throw it to Jamar Chase six times. Don't forget about C.J. Like, Uzama. Hey, I would be happy with even a CJ Uzoma touchdown. Like, please, anybody except for Jamar Chase, because I have no shares. And it's guaranteed at least four targets for Jamar Chase in the red zone. And Joe Burrow says no. It's Jamar Chase. I don't care. It's Jamar Chase. Yeah, I mean, we should have seen this coming. I mean, the fact that (laughs) anybody allowed the media and the talking heads of the world to put any bit of distrust in what Jamar Chase was going to be uh, leading up to the season is just crazy to look back on because, I mean, this is the guy that made Jeff or Justinson not irrelevant, but, I mean... The number two option. Yeah, he made him the number two option on his college team the year he was getting drafted. A year year younger. Yeah, and... um, we saw what Jeffrey Justinson did last year, and for some reason, some of us just let, you know, I mean, myself included, let the media talk us out of Jamar Chase, and uh, he just crammed that straight down our throats immediately. 
Um, and the fact that he gets Joe Burrow, I mean, for foreseeably his entire career, if it works out that way, is just such an added Joe bonus. Burrow's, if Joe Burrow's body can hold up, his damn knees are about to give out. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> he's so good. He is so damn good. God, Some of the, the places, there is that, nothing he can't do. He plays football angry too, which like yeah. I feel like if you're gonna play football, you play it angry. But like you can tell, like Jamar Chase is just out there. He wants to humiliate people, and he does. Like I, I even feel like there were points in this season where I was talking myself out of like not that I, you know, from a dynasty perspective, not that I didn't think that he was going to be a good wide receiver into the future, but like to keep up this run that he's been on in his rookie year to be one of the top wide receivers in fantasy football. Like there were times early in the season when I tried to talk myself out of that, like, oh, you know, he's scoring a bunch of touchdowns. That's not going to stick. It's not going to be the same. Um, you know, he's hyper targeted. T Higgins is hurt. Once T Higgins comes back, it's not going to be the same. And then he has plays like that touchdown he scored against the Ravens. Like he, he just, he's dominant. Like he is dominant. And that's what you want in a wide receiver one. Like you look at the guys, you think about the guys, when I say dominant, the guys that come to mind, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Tyree kill with his speed, a little bit less so this year, but like those guys that that are absolutely like physically imposing will win a ball that's thrown up to them are open even when they're not open, and that's what Jamar Chase has looked like through year one. And I just I don't like he's he's the number one wide receiver in dynasty right now. Like you can't I don't no. think I don't think you could buy Jamar Chase. I don't think you could. I don't think you could. I'm I'm still taking Devontae and Tyreek over him for the record, but. Yeah, I mean, he's reigning, defending, undisputed. Well, I guess not defending since it's his rookie year. But, like, definitely undisputed, number one in Dynasty. Dude's going to be very good for a very long time. Uh, no question about it. Um, I guess I just got to start buying him up. Because if you I'm going to have to watch him be good for all year, or for all these years, then might as well get me some shares. Wait until he gets gets hurt or something, and then and then going with all you got. Okay, so Nick, uh, I hope he stays healthy. I hope he stays healthy. Of course, yeah. Um, so Nick, you said you're still taking Tyreek and Devonte over him. Maybe not Devonte in Dynasty, That's, but I'm taking Tyreek. Yeah, that was going to be my question. Just with that kind of situation, that future situation up in the air, I think him and Tyreek are about on par in terms of like who's going to be the dynasty wide receiver one, which I think says more about how far Tyreek stock has fallen. And I think in, in a lot of like in a general sense, unfairly, um, cause he hasn't had the best season, but he's still tied to Pat well, Mahomes. His, his quarterback Kermit, the frog's been throwing interceptions. Like he's Sam Darnold out there. Yeah, he has been. And I don't, I don't think that is going to be a forever thing. Like, I don't think the league has necessarily figured out Pat Mahomes to the extent that he's going to be a bad quarterback going forward. Um, and if, if Pat Mahomes is firing, then then Tyreek Hill's firing. Uh, but, like, Jamar Chase has worked himself well into the way of that wide receiver one conversation, which, yeah, maybe we should have all seen it coming. Um, I think there were, you know, even some scouts who had some very legitimate questions about his ability to separate and about how that uh, typically is translated to – 
success in the NFL as a, as a wide receiver, but questions answered. And the, the question of Jamar Chase talent has been answered. Um, yeah. Hashtag good. All right. So Jamar Chase tops the list of our top dynasty wide receivers, 25 and under. We'll probably come back to this at the end of this season or at the beginning of next season. We'll come back to it and revisit it and see how things have changed. But uh, for now, that's our list. Uh, All right, so just to quickly revisit some of the other things we said about wide receivers before the season. Um, We did a wide receiver that we would avoid at all costs. Uh, Brady, you had Michael Thomas. How are you feeling about that one? You know, I'm, I'm happy, but I'm not happy. You know what I mean? Like Michael Thomas had uh, had some ankle surgery. What is that? In like in the summer, sometime June, maybe. It was in um, it was in July, but the news didn't. I think it, or no, I think it was in June, but the news didn't come out until like late July. Yeah. So when I heard that, I was like, "All right, well, he should have got that a lot earlier." Typically, shows there's some distrust there. We talked about that week one on that. Very, uh, very new podcast. Um, yeah, he's ruled out for the rest of the year, so it makes me look like a genius. Um, he had a little bit of a setback, setback during his rehab. Um, I told you so. I mean, what else is there to say? I mean, God forbid you were one of those people that traded for Michael Thomas after his surgery, but before news of his surgery came out. <sighs> <laughs> Sounds oh. personal, Andrew. Sounds personal. Yeah, it's pretty personal. Uh, but moving on, uh, Nick, you had Marquise Hollywood Brown as your wide receiver to avoid. Uh, do you want to just avoid this topic? Nah, no, nah, I'll own this. Um, it was a miss. It was a miss. Um, he's been great. Wide receiver six on the year uh, for PPR. And yeah, yeah, he's kind of pooped on my chest a little bit here not gonna lie (laughs) um this is a bad take um um i'm still not super excited about hollywood brown um i he has looked great i think he's probably like dynasty wise a low-end wide receiver too for me um but he's looked great he's proved me wrong and uh i'm a big dumb dummy big dumb dumb dummy pants dummy head (laughs) <laughs> it is nick after all the stuff you say on this podcast it is nice to hear you say that um but for what it's worth uh i was totally with you before the season there was like no evidence that lamar jackson could throw the ball to marquise brown um because before the season all the ravens had him do was run straight fast and lamar jackson could not throw that route yep. but they've mixed it up this year they've been like hey marquise how about like instead of just running straight fast we let you get open and he has, uh, and he's caught a lot of touchdowns too. Uh, he's just ended up opening the end zone. Um, yeah, you know, tough pick one that I think we're all on board for, especially because of, um, like his draft value, you know, which was still relatively, uh, high given his age. Um, just a tough one, just a bad beat. Um, but we'll see, you know, we'll see where, where Hollywood goes in the future. Um, my wide receiver to avoid was DJ Chark. Um, DJ Chark wasn't having a great season, and then he broke his ankle, and he's likely to miss the rest of the season. I can't say I predicted that part of it, uh, but I I don't know. Um, 
it's tough to talk about someone when they end up missing most of a year. Um, but look, I'll, I'll slide this into our next segment, which is veteran value because I kind of tie the two directly together. And, uh, my veteran value for the year was Marvin Jones. And that looked okay a little bit, but like has not panned out either. And I just think neither of those wide receivers would have panned out this year. Uh, rookie quarterback, obviously in Trevor Lawrence, but um, primarily because of Urban Meyer, because I think Urban Meyer is an awful NFL head coach, um, albeit one that gives us entertaining headlines. Uh, but I just think he's a bad head coach, and this is a really bad offense. Yeah, Marvin Jones looked like a promising veteran at the beginning of the year. Um, he had a couple big games. Uh, I think you know it's just kind of fallen off in the last few weeks, honestly, since the whole uh, Urban Meyer chop pass shit went down. Uh, so hopefully they get back on track. They got their first win on U.S. soil this past weekend, albeit it was a KG match, 9-6, to six, not a whole lot of offense. Uh, so hopefully that pans out for you. Uh, it certainly has panned out better than my veteran value did. Uh, Robbie Anderson was my veteran value, and boy, was that Oof. stone cold. Oof. Another pick that I, I'll just come in right now and say, Brady, another pick that I liked before the season. but Yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, Sometimes you're going to get got. You just got to get yours more than you get got, and this was certainly one that I got got on. And uh, I was really hoping that the chemistry between Darnold and Anderson would be something to build on. And, you know, Robbie Anderson was wide receiver 19 last year, and this year he's struggled, A, with targets, and then he struggles with drops when he does get targets. So who knows? Maybe P.J. Walker's the answer and Robbie Anderson's on the up. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we will find out. And I have a feeling the answer is going to be you got got. Um, you know who didn't get got when it comes to, to veteran value, boys? It's it's little me because I took the always reliable Bobby. Always? Always reliable. Always? Yeah, first four Rewatch weeks, I was not saying season? always reliable there, bud. Bruv. I mean, it. It the first couple weeks were nerve-wracking, I'll give you that. Um, I was definitely nervous, but I mean, he's only had one game where he's gone under 12 points, I think. It might be 11, but he has one game, I think it's, here, I'm looking at it now. Week three, he had 6.8. Other than that... He's at 12, 12, 14, 27, 11, 15, I, I feel like 20, some, 17. And I feel like it's important to clarify here that when we generally, when we have been talking on this show, we're talking about full PPR scoring because that's the way we play most of our leagues. And I if you're not, you're that's probably the most barbaric. fun way to play fantasy football. Like, uh, but yeah, just in full PPR, I look. Robert Woods has definitely gotten better as the year went on. Uh, and I was in a dynasty startup draft this off season and I drafted Robert Woods and I felt very good about it. I felt very, very good about it. Um, and, uh, I was just curious a couple of weeks ago and I went back and, um, checked out just cause I was curious. Cause uh, for those of you who haven't heard his teammate is having a pretty good season. um, and I wanted to see where Robert Woods was drafted versus Cooper Cup. 
And uh, Nick, I was a little bit in the same boat as you. I was expecting a big year for Robert Woods. Uh, and he's had a fine, a fine year. Again, from a dynasty perspective, for a 29-year-old Top 12 receiver, wide receiver. For a 29-year-old receiver. Top 12 wide um, receiver. And consistent wide receiver. Um, and I found out that right after Robert Woods in my draft went one Cooper Cup, uh, literally the next pick. Um, and look, I'm not blaming that on you, Nick. Not at all. Uh, a lot of people were very high on Robert Woods before this season, myself included. Of the veteran values on this list, he was, we acknowledged before the season, when we talked about this, the highest drafted of the veteran values. People were very into Robert Woods with the Matthew Stafford edition. And he's still returned on that value. Do you think? Do you think? With Has how he returned being on being drafted as like a wide receiver too in like the... I don't know, probably what, like the sixth round of dynasty drafts. Um, I, yeah, I think it was yeah, I would, so. I would say he's returned so far as a, a wide receiver one, albeit a low end wide receiver one on the season so far, but he is quite literally the wide receiver 12 on the year. I guess I just want you to acknowledge. You want me to acknowledge that Cooper Cup is having a better season than him? Yes, Cooper Cup. Is, that you made the wrong pick. That there was a choice. That like you have two good wide receivers on a team. You have a new quarterback coming in. I mean, I think I was very open about the fact that it it could be either one of them, and I think everyone kind of I acknowledged. Think you were like, very yeah. my choice was one hundred percent Robert Woods because I like the way that he was involved in the offense. Um, I like the way that they manufacture touches for him, and I still like those things. I mean. If you want me to say I was wrong because Cooper Cup, his teammate, is having a better season than him, I'm not going to do that. Um, is having the best season of any wide receiver in fantasy football. Maybe probably player that's fine. now that Derrick Henry's gone. That's fine. And you know what? He would have been a great uh, great veteran value uh, take instead of Marvin Jones for you. But um, <laughs> he wasn't your pick. Fair. So, I mean, Robbie I picked Anderson. a guy in Robert Woods that – is currently returning value based on where he was being drafted, where he was being valued, um, which is pretty much the definition of veteran value. So, yeah, I feel pretty good about it. Don't feel like I was wrong. Cooper Cup is having an unbelievable season. Power to him. Wish it was Robert Woods, but uh, I'm not going to complain with a wide receiver 12 start halfway through the season. Fair, I guess. No, that was a good pick. Robert Woods is uh he's he's come on strong. It was a rough start, but he's come on strong. Uh and I like his outlook rest of the season. And he has helped me win a couple games, so I guess I can't really complain. Um But all right. That's gonna do it for us here at the Dewar Dynasty Podcast, post week nine. Uh Jamar Chase, man. I don't know. Uh do what's uh do we have anything else to close out the episode? Do we want to talk shit? Because I know we had someone talk shit on all of us this week. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll just stop by saying um, I feel like I just got a little angry, but you can't come at my boy Robert Woods like that. <laughs> you know, I'm going to defend him to the death. Um, so you kind of had it coming. Yeah. No, you've been doing it since the beginning of the year. You've been doing it all year. Um, Consistency's yeah. key funny thing to say as someone as a robert woods uh supporter but yeah um consistency (laughs) yeah 
Um, At least he's all right. consistently scoring points. All right. <laughs> That's going to do for us this week. Once again, earlier this week, I was on the Red Shirt Water Boys podcast. You can find that link on our Twitter. Uh, I'll put it in the episode description as well. Go listen to it. Listen to the rest of the show. They're great. Um, we are great as well. Subscribe. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at DOD underscore FB. As always, keep an eye out for the TikTok. It's coming. I promise it will be here one day. I promise. I solemnly swear to you. Sound like George R. R. Martin. TikTok one day. That's <laughs> no. This is better than a George R. R. Martin promise. This is an Andrew J. S- s- something horn promise. Um, anything you guys want to say to sign us out? Yeah, Christmas is right around the corner. No, it's still Halloween. So <laughs> I <don't like> that. <laughs> oh, by gosh, by golly. All right. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>